The nation's communications infrastructure is one of those critical elements that need protection. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, part of Homeland Security, has the task of helping the industry ensure resilience. But the Government Accountability Office says the agency should do a little more navel-gazing. Here with more, the GAO's acting director, Leslie Gordon. Ms. Gordon, good to have you on. Thank you for having me. And let's begin with the threats that CISA has identified. You looked at what it is they're looking at to some degree in the communications sector, and that means radio and wireless communications and all of those things. Right. You know, the communications sector involves broadcast, it involves satellites, it involves a wireless and wired uh, communication and cable, of course. The threats that CISA has identified include physical threats, cyber threats, and human threats. The physical threats are your natural disasters, including wildfires, hurricanes. They also include chemical and biological attacks, even electromagnetic pulse attacks. Cyber threats involve things that malicious actors might do, hackers and whatnot, who would overwhelm systems through resource exhaustion or by intruding into systems to take control of them. There are also cyber threats related to non-malicious actors, so inadvertent employees or operators who might let in cyber problems. Then there are human threats, the failure to plan for security incidents or the lack of employee security awareness. Sure. And did they also look at the physical infrastructure that supports all of communications? I mean, towers are out there sometimes in the middle of nowhere, and somebody could cut the cables holding them up or blow them up, that type of thing. Is that part of their purview on the infrastructure side? Yes, it is. So CIS isn't responsible for securing towers and antennas and buildings, right? It has to work through private sector owner operators that own and operate these towers and antennas. They also include the systems and networks that we can't see that transmit aggregated data, voice data, video over long distances. So the infrastructure, when we talk about the communication sector, includes access networks, Those are the sort of regional local networks where you're making a phone call to a friend in a local city. Then there's the core networks that transmit large volumes of data, voice, video, all aggregated multimedia across the world. And the service applications are your mobile phones, your computers, your file transfer protocols, and cloud services, the GPS. All those things are in need of securing. Sure. So it embodies all that is in the name of that agency, cybersecurity and infrastructure. And what do they do to actually support resiliency and recovery? As you pointed out, they don't physically do the work themselves, but they offer advice and so forth. So what is it they're doing in support of the comms industry in all its manifestations? Right. This is the lead federal agency for the security and resilience of the communications sector, also known as the Sector Risk Management Agency. So In that responsibility, it's responsible for identifying threats, assessing risks, sharing information with the private sector owner operators, and supporting incident management and restoration. Specifically, when we looked at what they were doing, they really had a foothold in and a strong effort in incident management. So restoring critical communications during an incident, coordinating across all the federal agencies that get involved, multi-year training and planning exercises, etc. For information sharing, this is where they take the accumulation of the known threats 
and the risks that they've assessed, and they share them broadly. They can share threat information that's open source, protected, or classified, and they put out cyber advisories in addition the impact of hurricanes or other natural disasters in order to improve situational awareness. We're speaking with Leslie Gordon. She's an acting director at the Government Accountability Office. So your recommendation for CISA was to review the effectiveness of its support, and tell us what you meant by that. Sure. That was one of our three recommendations, Tom. What we found was in DHS's own playbook, their critical infrastructure risk management framework, they say, we're going to set metrics, we're going to set targets and evaluate the effectiveness of our programs. This risk management framework is several years old, yet CISA has not identified any metrics or evaluated the effectiveness of its programs. As you know from good government management, we want to set targets to determine how well our government programs are working. So how well is CISA engaging the private sector, and how does it promote security and reduce risks in the comm sector? And you mentioned there were two other recommendations. Yes. One was about the incident management support that CISA provides to the sector. It provides support, as I described earlier, but it hasn't done a capabilities assessment for one of its emergency support functions. And really what we want to see is that CISA goes back and looks at all the resources there to support and help restore function after an incident. So we want them to identify what their resources are, what the existing capabilities are in the federal government and through the private sector owner-operators, look at where the gaps are so they can identify where mutual aid or other resources are needed. Our third recommendation is to update its sector-specific plan. The sector-specific plan flows from the National Infrastructure Protection Plan, and it's just focused on the communication sector. The current plan is from 2015, and DHS set a standard for itself to update the sector-specific plan every four years, so you can see it's out of date. It's important to update the sector-specific plan to capture new and emerging threats. You know, the cyber threats are ever-changing and also to capture the new responsibilities it has as a sector risk management agency. And getting back to that first recommendation that they review the effectiveness of their support, do they have metrics that would be able to allow them to measure it? No, CISA hasn't developed any metrics. You know, as I said, it's important to have metrics to set targets and determine how well the programs are working. Metrics could include something like the level of participation of large and small telecom private sector owner-operators. You know, we heard from an association of the smaller telecom owner-operators that they're not always well represented in the programs and trainings. So really measuring how the breadth of engagement across the private sector. Another metric could look at best practices that have been implemented or, you know, who's participating in the trainings that are being offered. And, you know, ultimately, we'd like to see a metric that measures whether there's been an increase or decrease in security breaches, for example. And were you able to get any sense of what actually goes on with respect to interruptions or dangers in the communications sector? It seems like the most common occurrence is bad weather knocks out power to a distribution center or physical destruction as opposed to cyber. 
So there are a number of incidents that have happened. Recently in 2017, Hurricane Maria knocked out 96% of cell sites and equipment for voice and data in Puerto Rico. But we've also seen things that happen like the December 2020 bombing in Nashville that destroyed power infrastructure. You know, CISA did step in and work with law enforcement to support recovery and restoration in that case. Yeah, so the threats are real then, aren't they? Absolutely. The threats are physical, they are cyber-related, and those cyber-related threats are ever-changing. In 2021, DHS and FBI put out an advisory about the TrickBot, and this is where hackers take over devices in order to get them to spread malicious malware or um, spyware into systems. And that would just be devastating if it was generalized in a region or even with a large private sector owner operator. Yeah, imagine the junk calls we'd get if that was the case. And did you find that (laughs) CISA generally agreed with your recommendations? CISA concurred with all of our recommendations. And in the case of updating the sector-specific plan and developing matrix, I think there are steps underway to do this. They told us they'd be finishing up and addressing these recommendations in the calendar year 2022. Leslie Gordon is an acting director at the Government Accountability Office. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much. We'll post this interview along with a link to her report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Tune into the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Want your business to have the best opportunity for success? Take a tip from tech industry leader Intel when you move or expand in Ohio. The new Silicon Heartland is the place forward-thinking business leaders find ample talent, a highly ranked business climate, convenient central location, plus an especially low-risk environment for site selection. Where else can you have all the room you need to grow while rubbing elbows with the giants in your industry? Visit successinohio.com today. Whether in person or remote, Open communication with your doctor is key to managing any condition, including heart failure. How have you been feeling? Um, I'm okay. Both are great options to continue having open conversations with your doctor about how you're feeling. I've had less energy. And when you speak openly with your doctor, they're better equipped to help. Visit heartfailuretalks.com to learn more.